Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Small Talk the Podcast. Today's episode, my story. Hey guys and gals, and welcome back to another episode of Small Talk the Podcast. Sadly though, this is the last podcast of this season of Small Talk the Podcast. We have come to the conclusion of our first season of Small Talk the Podcast, and I want to first and foremost thank everyone who has listened to this season, who has been a constant supporter, who has liked, who has shared who has subscribed to our YouTube, followed our social media pages, and who has come to me simply and said that this podcast has been a blessing. The conversations are great for them, and they can't wait to see what is in store. And what is in store next is our second season coming in May of 2022. So don't be upset. We're not taking a huge break. But in May of 2022, probably the end of May, we will uh, be starting our second season of Small Talk, the podcast, with more great conversations, with more insight. And guess what? We're going to have some interviews in our second season of Small Talk, the podcast. I'm so excited to be interviewing our special guest who will be joining us in season two of Small Talk, the podcast. On that note, I wanted to end this season and this episode on a personal note and share my story with you all. I'm sure many of you are probably thinking that you know me and that there is nothing that you don't know and you probably think that you have me figured out and you know Everything about Monier Smalls. But today I'm going to share my story with you all. Something that most of you all don't know, but there comes a time in our lives when the Bible says that we overcome them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But also there comes a time in our lives in which we can no longer be silent on um, the things that God has done for us and, and we should be able to share our story because our story could be the thing that gives someone that push and that motivation 
in the story that they are still going through. My story isn't uh, completed. It isn't on the last chapter. This is just the 19th (laughs) chapter of my story. I'm in the 19th chapter of my story. And I believe that I have many more chapters to go. But in this 19th chapter, I've come to the conclusion on my way to the 20th chapter that it's time for me to share my story with others. So today I want to share a lesson with you all, a little Bible lesson concerning Paul the Apostle and a disciple of Jesus Christ, problems that he had, and how that connection, that story, personally connects with me. So before that, let's take some time. Let's collect our minds. Let's breathe in. And let's breathe out. I hope that the music that you heard prior to the episode was great for you and great reflective time for you to sit and reflect on today. Let's get into it. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, talks about the story of Paul the Apostle. Without getting too much into it, um, we see basically that Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ, and yet he has a problem. He has something he is dealing with. He has an ailment, an illness, a concern, a struggle uh, that is something that continues daily. It is not a struggle that only happened for a week, (laughs) but this is a struggle that Paul had to continue to deal with on a daily basis. And we see that Paul gets to the point in where He wants this problem to be rectified. He wants the issue in which he is dealing with to be rectified. And he goes to God in prayer and he asks Jesus and God to uh, remove the thorn that he is dealing with, remove the problem, remove the illness, remove the ailment uh, from his flesh. And basically God says, no, sir, Paul. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you grace and my grace that I give to you is sufficient enough. My grace will be good enough for you. Not me healing you, not me removing the problem out of your life, not me removing the situation from you, but the grace in which I give you will sustain you and keep you because I have my hand on your life. And although you are going through this, I want you to know that you may not be going through this because of something that you did, but regardless, I've got to allow you to feel this pain. I've got to allow you to see that this thorn in your flesh is the only thing that is bringing you back to me. So many of you thinking, Monye, where are you going with this? What are you getting to with this? So most of you may not know just by looking at me, just from the outside appearance, you you would not know 
Uh, but I have struggled with epilepsy for years. And epilepsy is um, a diagnosis that I've been diagnosed with uh, probably around the age of nine or 10 years old. And I struggled with having seizures um, for a good chunk of my life. And I, there are three stages of, of being hurt. And uh, we know that when we were children, we would fall down um, on the cement. We'd be riding our bike and we're riding, riding, riding. And guess what? We fall off the bike and guess what? We get a scrape. So now we have blood and now we have what we call a wound. And some time goes by, we run in the house, we're crying, and we go to our mom and go to our dad and we go to our guardian and they help us and they, they clean the blood off and they, they maybe put some neosporin or some peroxide on it and ooh, it burns. We have a wound, we have an open wound, but yet in time that wound turns into what? A scab. That wound will turn into a scab, and that's that protectiveness covering that wound up. That scab covers the wound in which we had, and ultimately, the scab begins to fall off. The scab is gone, and we are left with a scar. We are left with a testimony of what we check this out, have been through. The scar is our story. So today I'm sharing with you my scars. I'm being vulnerable. I'm being open and sharing with you my scars. So with years of experience um, with epilepsy and being an epileptic, I came to an amazing conclusion, and it's been one that has allowed me to find comfort in the thorn that I struggle with daily. So let's look at Paul and make the connection with me. Paul had a thorn, and I have a thorn. However, my thorn is emotional, but sometimes my thorn causes me physical pain as well. Sometimes my thorn causes me to have the worst headaches ever. Sometimes my thorn causes me to vomit. Sometimes my thorn causes, and we, we already know that my, my thorn can cause emotional um, triggers and trauma and, and hurt and pain. But it also causes some physical pain. Next, with the story of Paul, we see that Paul prays three times. He prays three times that God would basically remove this out of his life, that God would deliver him. And he, and he wanted to be healed from his thorn that he was battling with. We all go through stages of life in our life. When we ask God, when there's something that we think that we cannot um, deal with, something that we think is too much for us to bear, go to God and we, we pray to him thrice. <laughs> pray to him three times, four times, five. 
25 times and ask him to remove that which we are dealing with because it is too much for us to bear. For me, I probably prayed more than three times, more than uh, Paul prayed to God to remove the thorn uh, from his flesh because I simply wanted to be what we call normal. I just wanted to be a normal kid. And, And from the outside looking in, Many people probably did think that I was a normal kid, but didn't understand the the daily struggles mentally that I had to deal with. The struggles of feeling less than, the, 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 the struggles of feeling like I have to not get into this. I can't do this. I can't go there. Um, I don't know what could happen to me. So the struggles of excluding myself, um, not necessarily have having to exclude myself, but excluding myself. Many times, you all remember when uh, your friend would ask to spend the night over your house, right? They say, hey, ask your mom, can I spend the night over, my, over your house? Or your friend says, hey, come out with me to the mall. And so what do we used to do? Hey, my mom said no, but guess what? We never asked our mom. We never asked our dad, could our friend come over? We never asked, could we go to the mall? And nine times out of ten, the the answer in which we gave might not have been the answer in which our parents would have given us. Yet, that was me. Hey, Monier, let's go out to the mall. No, my mom said no. <laughs> hey, Monier. Let's go to this party. No, nah, I'm not going to be able to come. I'm busy. I have nothing to do. But telling people I'm busy. But because what? I felt as though that I wanted to be normal, but I realized that I wasn't normal and I couldn't do the things in which I thought a normal kid was supposed to do. And so I sheltered myself. And so I kept myself in, in a shell. And 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 I I was outgoing. I did things that, um, you know, I didn't feel as though that maybe I could do, and I still defied those odds and and did those things. But still, most of my life and and many times I have sheltered myself, made sure that I didn't um, do some of these things because I didn't I didn't know. Um, necessarily what really triggered these epileptic events that I was having. So, like I said, I prayed more than three times and that God would remove the struggle, remove the pain from my life because all I wanted was to be a normal kid. Not having to avoid sports, strenuous activities, parties with flashing lights and all those other things that that epileptics must take caution while doing. So next in the scripture, we see that God says to Paul, basically, I'm not going to take this away. With me, with my grace, you're going to be all right. In many days, I've felt that God has said that same thing to me. He says, Monier, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm not going to remove it. But I'm going to keep you, I'm going to sustain you, 
while you are going through it. Lastly, in this scripture, we see in a way that Paul takes the approach of Jesus on the cross when he says, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Paul says that he then, with the response that Jesus gives him, with the response that God gives him, he says that he will now take pleasure in the infirmity. He will now take pleasure in the struggle that he is dealing with. And Paul then says that, guess what? What I'm going through is necessary. And many times we feel like what we are going through is um, a curse. But what we are going through is necessary to get us to the next step, to get us to the next phase in our lives, to push us into our next So if we did not go through some of the things that we went through, we would never be pushed to our next. Looking at the life of Jesus, if Judas had never betrayed Jesus, Jesus wouldn't be able to get to the cross. And the cross was his next. He was only supposed to be here in in his ministry for three years. He wasn't supposed to make it to C50. That was the uh, uh, plan that God had for his life. And so God has also has a plan for our lives, and sometimes we're going through things in order to push us into our next. I'm not saying that God's pushing us to um, our next, and our next is to die and to be crucified. But I'm saying sometimes our next is to get us out of a situation with some of the people that we're hanging with, and 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 God is leading us to a group of individuals who are willing to push us into and to help us and want to see us go to our next. Some of the people that we're hanging out with, they want us to stay in the same place that they're in because some people that we hang out with aren't going anywhere. And so guess what? Misery loves company. So if they're miserable, what are they going to do to you? They're going to make you miserable. So it's imperative for us to understand when God is pushing us to our next. So Paul basically says, as Jesus says, I'm going to give my life over to you. I commend my spirit into your hands. And I've had to find joy and not be down by the things that try to hinder me. I have had to commend my problem into the hands of my father. I've had to find joy in the infirmity. I've had to take pleasure in what was bringing me pain. Because regardless of the label that was placed on my life, I've been able to defy the odds and confound the doctors more than three times. I mean, several times. So I've shared my wounds with you and and the scab. However, once being healed, like I said, there's a sign. And that sign is the scar. And the scar is to show what you've been through. I think of an open heart surgery patient. And and, and, and during open heart surgery, what they have to do is they have to uh, crack your whole chest open. And so imagine the, the massive scar in which you have 
when they close you up and, and you finally healed. I imagine an open heart surgery patient looking at themselves in the mirror, looking at the scar in which they have, and being thankful that they're alive, being thankful that they've gotten through, looking at the scar as victory, not as defeat. Because if it was defeat, they wouldn't be able to look at the scar because they'd be gone. But being able to see what you've been through, being able to see what God has done for your life and how he has, guess what, pushed you into your next. Although it looks ugly, although it was uncomfortable, there is still a victorious outcome. So, once being healed, you have the sign of a scar. And it's show, to show what you've been through. So I talked about the open heart surgery patient. And today, I've shown my scars to you. The reason why I have this podcast, the reason why I have this brand, is to defy odds. It is to take the labels off of myself that have been placed on me by so many others that have been placed on me by doctors, that have been placed on me by teachers, that have been placed on me by so-called friends and peers. Labels of being a black man in Baltimore City and not being the statistic and not being categorized in that placement in which they put most black men that live in Baltimore City. I haven't been in a gang. I haven't been in any violence. I haven't been robbed. I haven't... um, failed. You know, I'm in college. That goes on with labels of being a black man at a PWI. Labels of being a chronic asthmatic, but still functioning. Having enough grace that God has placed on me to be able to continue, to be able to not worry about the asthma, to not to still run, and, and although I'm out of breath, to, to have enough faith and believe that God is seeing me through, even with this label that is placed on my life. The labels from birth saying that I have cerebral palsy and never being able to care for myself. Take the labels off that are placed on you. Take the labels off and confound The very person or people, because there will be multiple people that will place labels on you, confound them, right? When at at the cross uh, with Jesus, I was reading this last night, um, the centurion soldier that was at the cross with Jesus, the centurion soldier was confounded, and he said that, Truly, this is a righteous man. So the very person that puts you in your, 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 your roughest place in life, the very person that has placed you in a storm that you feel like you just can't get out of is the same person that's going to turn back around and say, truly, this, this person has something special in their lives. Truly, this person is quite amazing. So I truly hope that my story has been a motivation to you. And I hope that my vulnerability 
um, is accepted and appreciated. Um, I started and I adopted this saying, um, sing through the pain. Because many days, many nights, the only outlet and the only comfort that I had was singing. Singing in the choir, singing at church, singing in the shower, singing in my room, waking up every day. I mean, literally, guys, I feel like at least every day I'm singing at least one song. It's not a day that goes by and I'm not singing. So literally, I had to sing through the pain in which I was going through. And singing has been my coping mechanism. Singing has been healing for me. Not the medicine in which the doctors gave me, but singing. Singing through the pain. And so while speaking in church, God gave me the saying that sometimes you have to sing through the pain. So why am I selling Sing Through the Pain t-shirts? Why am I selling keychains and and pins? And and why am I starting this movement of singing through the pain and, and wanting to get that out to people? I'm selling them for movement. I want people to know that even though you are going through, you have to push through the pain that you are and that you have endured. Singing may not be your thing. (laughs) For most people, singing is not their thing. But guess what? You have something. You have a gift that God has given you. Playing the drums. Dancing. Painting, making beats, simply feeding the homeless. Whatever gift God gives you, use that as a coping mechanism. Use that as a way to endure the most difficult times in your life. Because they're going to happen. You're going to have difficult times. But you have to have something that sustains you. Something that keeps you. And while we put our faith and our hope and our trust in God, sometimes we have to look at things and and the gifts that God has given us uh, to find solace in. So I want you to say your name and say blank through the pain. and, And you insert what that blank is and input what you like. So thank you for listening to this very special episode of Small Talk, the podcast. Until the next season, Small Talk, the podcast, Monier, sing through the pain.